Hello, podcast listeners. This is your host with the most. Listen, in this episode of JJ Meets World, Tucker and I both have a different story that's going to lead into, oh, I don't know, the fear or joy of the everyday world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this story and get ready with a weapon. And by the way, if you'd like to help support our podcast, visit JJMeetsWorld.com where you can donate to our Patreon, pick up some killer swag at our merch shop, or click the link to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review. One, two, three, four. JJ Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. JJ has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called JJ Meets World. JJ. Yes, Tucker. <laughs> uh, I have a story to tell you. I'm ready for it. So last night, it's like 11 at night. I am in bed taking like just a little bit of Zequel just to, you know, help me fall asleep. Uh, everything is just right. I've got my fan going. I've got my thunder and rainstorm sounds playing off the computer in the next room. I've got my blankets on. I've got all my pillows. My cats are on me. I had taken a hot shower. So I'm just I am like half asleep. And I am feeling so comfy and I'm starting to make the rest of the way to, to being all asleep. And I hear something in my living room, like falls over. I don't know what it was. Something falls over. And my cats both kind of jump up and kind of spring to attention, right? They were laying on my, on me, but then they actually stood up and were both staring out into the living room. And I just thought, whatever, you know, some of my, Maybe one of my VHS tapes fell over or something. I, I don't know. The next thing that I hear, and I, mind you, I'm not dreaming. I'm awake. The next thing I hear is the sound of an adult man laughing maniacally the top of his lungs in my house. What? I leap out of my bed. My cats go fucking flying, right? And I'm in fight or flight, but you've seen my house. It's tiny. There's nowhere to fly. So I jump out of my bed and I shout at the top of my lungs, hey, because I don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. And that's a good way to indicate there's somebody in this house. You wanted to sound slightly menacing. Yep. Yep. So I'm looking and I'm looking and I can't see anyone in front of me. Right. And the laughing is still going. And it's definitely coming inside my house. And I listen to it and I go, wait a minute. That's the sound of my good friend re laughing. But re is in Portland. And it's so loud. What the hell is going on? And then JJ, I realized I have a recording of re laughing on my computer 
And it's in a big folder with just a bunch of different sound effects and files that I keep. When I built my playlist of thunder and rainstorm stuff to listen to that night, I accidentally put him laughing in the playlist and it was playing through speakers that are studio speakers for audio mixing that were cranked and in the next room. So it sounded pristine. It sounded like he was in my house and his laugh was echoing throughout the entire house. And so I went and I turned it off and then I looked at my hands and they were vibrating like I was vibrating so much just from the adrenaline spike of what had just happened. Yeah. I thought I could literally like almost walk through a wall at that point. <laughs> and I went from almost to sleep to someone's trying to kill me in like a second. And it was because I wasn't careful with the files I put in my playlist. Okay. On my computer. What about the, what about the, the crash sound you heard? It, it was just must've been nothing. Like absolute coincidence because I walked then through my house. I went through everything. I couldn't tell what had fallen over, but I've got bullshit everywhere in my house. So it could have been anything. And I mean, houses make sounds and sometimes the cats respond to it. So it was just like the perfect timing of it getting to that point in the playlist where his laugh was embedded and me hearing that noise and thinking legitimately someone is in my house. Uh, okay, that is no joke terrifying. Yeah, right. I mean, did I mean, you ever hey. get back to sleep or were you constantly like, oh, okay. <sighs> that happened around 11. I think I fell asleep at about three. Oh, so boy. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> Yikes. Like, I only slept a couple hours last night and I've been like just running full bore all day at work today. We've got so many videos in the pipeline, a lot of like really fun stuff, but I, I am just spent. Yeah, so. I can believe that. How are you doing? Well, okay, so I had what I would consider almost the opposite uh, story <laughs> to tell in that it is not terrifying and actually like filled me with glee. Oh, good, 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 good. So I went out for lunch today uh, with a friend because I took today. I we're recording this on a Thursday and mm -hmm. I took Thursday and Friday off uh, because I'm speaking at a funeral tomorrow and I just need to get myself in a headspace. And so I had a friend who sent me a message being like, hey, thinking about you, if you ever want to just grab a drink or a bite to eat. And I'm like, actually, I am off today. Do you want to go grab lunch? And it was yeah, absolutely. And so we went to a very non-traditional lunch place for me in uh, like on the northern edge of town. It was like a like a like a bar, a bar and grill. And so okay. we go to this bar and grill and I'm having a big old cheeseburger for lunch. And we get on the subject of middle, like a, like a midlife crisis. And we're having this discussion, not because either of us are having a midlife crisis, but we're kind of asking like, well, when is that supposed to hit if it's going to hit for us? Because statistically, we found this out after some Googling, men are much more likely to have a midlife crisis uh, than a lady. And sometimes they can last from like, like up to 10 years. Mm -hmm. You may be putting on rollerblades and getting an earring and wanting to drive a Ferrari and whatnot. So we're having this discussion and we're, you know, we're, we're, I, we're probably louder than we need to be, but, uh, the table next to us, there's five guys sitting at it. And one guy leans over and like 
kind of tasked me. He goes, he goes, you want to hear about a midlife crisis? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're being loud. He's like, no, 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 no. He goes, he goes, me and three guys at this table bought a racehorse when we turned 42. <laughs> and I said, okay, wait a minute. What? And he goes, yep, we were all in this place. And he goes, he goes like these two guys had just gotten divorced. And uh, the two of us were deciding, you know, we've gotten to the point of where we, we are deep into our careers. We have expendable income. And we want to do something that our younger selves would be proud of that we did. And uh, so we took this weekend trip to Sarasota, New York, where we went out uh, to that, you know, the, to watch some horse races. And while we were there, we were talking about how much fun we we're having and how, like, we should make this a regular part of our lives. And, you know, it's so cool. And the way these horses, just inter, you know, interact. And one guy says to another guy, well, you know, I wonder what it takes to own a racehorse. And he goes, if we had said that in an airport, if we had said that in a Denny's, nobody would have said anything. He goes, but at that exact moment, a gentleman wearing like an Irish, like one of those Irish bowler hats <laughs> turns around and says, like, he goes, you guys are interested in a horse. I've got a horse for sale. And he introduced himself as a racehorse broker. <laughs> and said, well, yeah, you know, the owners here, like if you if you're really serious, we can make this deal happen right now. And so they said, well, how much is it? He goes, let I'll come. I'll come back in five minutes. So he comes back in five minutes and he says, listen, they're willing to sell this horse to you for forty thousand dollars, which is a steal considering some horses go for a lot. And they're like, OK, well, what you know? What do we know about this horse? He goes, well, the horse is racing today. And so the horse placed that day, like came in like in third place. And so they thought that was a sign. And they all, you know, of course, they all went and bet on the horse and they all made like some money off of it uh, because they had bet the horse to place. And he goes, so we we did it. We we each like we're, we, we called like a bank back home. We're like, I need this money transferred into, you know, like an account. And so they buy this racehorse. And the very next day, they get a phone call from the racetrack saying, what the hell do you want to do with this goddamn horse? You left it here last night. The horse is still here. And they're like, well, yeah, we bought it. But, you know, like, so you, we, you know, we paid the 40,000. So you we're good to go for a while. He goes, no, that's not the way this works. And so they bought it. Losing it. I am like, I am in the right place at the right time. And each of these guys had a different kind of feeling for what their story was. You know, there's one of them that was like, I'm nostalgic about it. There's another guy who's like, God, my wife still yells at me over this. Oh, um, uh, take a shot is the name of the horse that they bought. And they had take a shot for six months. Okay. And they went there and they essentially, they found another like owner and he explained all the things that needed to be done more or less to keep him, you know, to essentially like, this is what you do with the horse because all of these guys live in North Dakota and Minnesota. They don't yep. live in upstate New York where the yep. horse currently is at. And so they said they went out to visit the horse <laughs> like three times and they had little vacations around it and they found someone who would, not only care for the horse, but also like a jockey who would ride the horse and all of these things. Well, the horse never gets like above like second to last place. It just never 
it never like wins, right? Mm-hmm. They finally go out and they're like, this is the last running of this horse and we'll say goodbye to it. And, you know, it was a good run. And because they had found another, they had found someone who was willing to buy the horse for like $5,000. <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> so they lost just buku bucks. And the last day, like when they're like handing the paperwork over for this horse, it races and the horse comes in first place in mm. the race. And they're all sitting there like, none of us put any money on this horse. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, what a great way. And he goes, that was our midlife crisis. And I said, that's you guys, that is epic. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of this uh, situation that you've enjoyed. And so uh, long story short, I had I, I had a great experience that I'm going to fall asleep with a smile on my face. Unlike you, who fell asleep, probably with your fists clenched just in case. Did you do? You, OK, this is going to sound weird. Do you keep a weapon in your bedroom? No, I mean, nothing. No, no. Even like not, not even like a baseball bat. I don't have one. No, um, I understand that it's probably prudent to have one. Is it though? And, like, and, I mean, is any, it? any, any, uh, burglars listening will now know that, that I, uh, <laughs> that all I will do is jump up and shout, Hey, um, but also, I mean, the house is so small. If you're breaking in, I'm hearing you doing it. Right? right. Like it's also that kind of thing. Um, and I've, you know, lived in North Fargo for so long. I know something could always happen. Um, I'm not interested in owning a gun. Um, and, uh, so, you know, maybe someday I'll have a bat nearby just in case it doesn't even have to be in my room. Cause I mean, the house is so small. I'm basically always in my room in some way. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, the vibrating didn't stop for about an hour You uh, uh, just because the adrenaline spike was so nuts. I I've never felt that before. I hope I never feel that again. I've I've walked through my house sometimes because we hear like a sound and I'll walk through my house and I'll be like, like, and I won't even say a word. I'll just kind of give like a sound to let someone know that I'm here. And then and the sound comes after I'm deadly quiet, listening for any any sound to be made before then. Um, Okay, so wouldn't it be a better idea to like just have some way to auto turn on all of the lights in the house at once? Yeah. And then listen for what happens. Or there's got to be something you can do as far as like creating like, you know, in uh, uh, the movie airplane, how they had the inflatable autopilot. (laughs) Just have like some kind of like home alone style thing set up where it looks like it's a big burly dude. Does does George not let you know if intruders are trying to get in? He does, but he also lets me know when uh, there's a big enough, you know, car that goes by. Uh, he also <laughs> lets me know when um, when an iPad has a doo 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 sound and his like he alerts me to everything. So George kind of cries wolf a lot. You're he saying, does. and here's the thing: even if there was someone, he wouldn't do any good. Because he would show them where all the good stuff is in the house. George would be like, hey, it's me. I'm George the dog. Why don't you give me something? Uh, and wh- like, let's do this. And be like, oh, that damn dog. Um, Tucker, I'm going to make a, a suggestion of three things I think you should have as a uh, a protective weapon in your bedroom. Okay. Okay. Because you and I are both the type of people who are just not going to be gun owners. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I guess, I mean, do you still have the JJ 3000? 
Uh, yeah, I do. In fact, the JJ 3000 is in my, um, uh, it's in my bedroom right now. I keep it in my closet. Well, more aptly, Jill keeps it in my closet for when I'm gone. And if you are just listening to this podcast and hearing the JJ 3000 for the first time, it is an axe handle with the top wrapped in chain and then some thick rope and a hole drilled at the bottom so that you can put it on your wrist and there's hockey tape along the bottom to give you an extra good grip. <laughs> and isn't it used like mailbox numbers or something that says JJ 3000? Yeah, it's, it's the, the things you'd put on the side of your boat for the DNR <laughs> to identify your <laughs> boat license. Um, okay. So number one, originally I had said baseball bat in this. I think that's wrong. You know what you need is a mini bat. Ooh, okay. You know, why? Because because I am small of stature? No, no, no. Uh, here's why I think a mini bat is great. A baseball bat, you're you're right. You're, your home has got a lot of tight corners, not oh. super high ceilings. And so you'd never be able to get that bat to the point of where, like, you'd be able to get the leverage on That's it. That's a really good point. Really good point. But a mini bat, you'd be able to do more with that, I think. Yep. Um, and yep. it, it, probably, it, quite frankly, it doesn't take up as, as well. much space. Yeah, and I could probably be one-handed with it. Which would be Absolutely. Nice. You so you could hold a flashlight like they do in Law and Order SVU next to your temple and then have your mini bat ready as the weapon. Is the flashlight the next thing? Because I know you can use those as weapons. No, I think that that is always such a BS like thing. Like I, yeah, you could. It's just a blunt object. Yeah. And you could use it as a weapon, but it's also the only way you're actually getting light in the room. And I also think this. That's true. The flashlight identifies where you are. So if someone's lurking in the shadows, they've got a lot of power because they see where you're coming from. They know that you're pretty much blinded by like what's going on. And so I, I don't I don't think that. And you need like six D batteries to make like one of those mag light flashlights go. Who is buying six D batteries in this economy? <laughs> right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, weapon number two, because you don't want to do anything that's going to cause enough harm to somebody that's going to like, let's say, make them gush blood. So I wouldn't say something like, a, you know, like a like a box cutter or anything like that. But yeah, I'd be I'd be afraid of anything that I might accidentally hurt myself with. Right. Exactly. Well, 100 percent. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And so this is two bricks. <laughs> one brick that you can throw and hopefully scare the person. The second one, if like if the first brick doesn't go the way you want it to bump, you know, maybe ricochets off a wall, something like that. You have a second brick to protect yourself. I think two bricks is the podcast title. Two bricks. Uh, and also they these things don't have to be squirreled away in a closet. In fact, are you want like you could get two decorative bricks. Yeah, yeah, bedside bricks. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And my last one, this one I th I am most proud of. A lighter and a can of hairspray. Oh, sure. Right. Uh, well, and yep, of course, I could also set uh, my house on fire. You could. But in all honesty, if this person wants to bad enough, like you might you might as well not give them the satisfaction of getting anything from your home. You might as right. well be like going down with a ship, baby. Yeah. That's um, true. So those are the three weapons that I suggest for you. And all of these things, none of them you have to register, which is always nice. Truth. Uh, no one's expecting you to have any of these weapons. 
And when it comes down to it, like absolute worst case scenario, you walk out there and you melt part of your couch. True. You know, I, or, I you, think or these, you put a dent in the drywall. I think of these three instruments of defense. The mini bat is my favorite option mm-hmm. because it's made for at least being swung at a baseball of some or mini baseball. Right. I, I don't, um, is, is it <laughs> like, are we, are we playing a game of mini baseball and you need well, a, a is, mini bat and a mini ball and a mini uh, base? Listen, I think if we live in a world that has mini bats, it stands to reason there are mini baseballs to go with those mini bats. What are you doing? Using those for regular size baseballs? JJ, come on. Let's I mean, talk serious. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I the more you you talk into this subject, the more I'm like, yep, he's right. <laughs> he's right he's got a yeah well and it's it's probably going to have a nice handle grip on it so there's a good chance i'm not going to lose control of it and it feels like it's just the more more controlled option i think firing a jet of flame <laughs> into my living room it's not a non-viable option but look at my hair why would I have hairspray? That's the thing here. Okay. So that's the beauty of this is a weapon for you because <laughs> you're not going to accidentally use the whole can. And then the night of the intrusion be like, Oh no. Yeah. I guess whoever did like their research and be like, well, he's bald. So there's no way he's going to have any hairspray. <laughs> Bingo. And I also think this, if I broke into someone's house and I saw them with a bat, I am, I'm concerned, but I'm also like, that's something I expect. Right. Yeah, the brick, they could be throwing anything at me. I don't know. It's a decorative brick that you use to hold up a speaker on your on your desk. But if I see a live flame, a a flamethrower, to be quite honest, I'm getting the hell out of there. I'm not sticking around for that shit. Yeah, no, I think these are good options, but I think I'll turn to them once I've exhausted my kind of my go to, which I've been considering all day since I've been dealing with not having gotten a lot of sleep. And wanting to feel at least safe in this house. Yeah. And that is setting a series of traps, Home Alone style. Okay. Just all around the outside of my house, like everywhere. And then no matter what, I know that at least every entrance will have some kind of a comedic pratfall when they try to get into the house. Right. I also think that there's something that uh, it'd be great national news, right? Where it's like... (laughs) kid in Fargo stopped everyone with home alone. And like, you're going to meet Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Right. If how that many works. times, how many times in existence do you think someone has defended their home from an intruder with a bowling ball? Zero. I bet it's happened at least once. I, I think that the best case scenario for that person who like the, here's the problem after all the attempts, after all of the attempts, they have hurt themselves in the process and then it wasn't worth it. Uh, Well, you know, I don't know. I think it's happened and I think it's more likely than not that they rolled it at the person like a bowling ball going towards pins. And that's how they tried to get them in the ankles. I think they, they tripped them up. They, they literally went to their closet and got the bowling ball and just rolled it down because they, they, you know, this person rolls strikes. Okay. And so they rolled it right into their feet. I mean, teach his own. I, I I think that there probably is a world where rolling thunder has been used to keep someone. Listen, I, I'm not suggesting it as a plan A, B, or C, 
But if you have a bowling ball and someone's breaking into your house, you know, don't take it off your list. You want to have all options available to you. But isn't the, the isn't the issue here there like the question is this person is keeping a bowling ball in their in their bedroom. Yes. And I just I feel like that's just a, a waste of waste of negative space. It's a waste of negative space. Can you waste negative space? Yeah, you can wait. Like your negative space should be it. something that's empty and like, n- like unfulfilled <laughs> and like. So, for example, like a, a negative space <laughs> under a countertop, you don't want anything there that you're going to stub your toe on like a bowling ball. A bowling ball shouldn't be near a countertop. It shouldn't be in a kitchen. So where are you keeping it in a closet? Under your bed or in the closet. Under yeah. your bed? Yeah, now I got to get the- on my hands and knees. I maybe have to yeah. army crawl under the bed to get the bowling ball. Dude, you are getting robbed and molested. <laughs> That's Listen, listen. I hear what you're saying. I still am not going to take bowling ball off my list of potentials just in case, right? Like, who knows? Okay. I, I don't want to take it off the table. Here's what happens. And I, I have the kind of floors that you could roll a bowling ball along real slick. Yeah, but the, but you don't have enough space to really get the speed up. Well, but enough that especially if it's dark and they can't see, you know, it's enough that they might just step on it like a banana peel and then fall and hit their head on like the stone floor I have. Likely, this is what I imagine back at the den of thieves where all of our Fargo crooks go at the end of the night to show off what they've been able to burgle from homes. <laughs> the gentleman who broke into your house says this. Yeah, the kid was trying to hide underneath the bed. And when I pulled him out by his ankles, he was clutching onto a bowling ball. And so, you know what I did? And then they all go, what did you do, lefty? And lefty says this. He goes, I took the bowling ball as my prize. And I hope that he goes to a bowling alley one day. And he sees the ball come up in the ball return and he sees me and I make him wet his pants. I mean, lefties going in for like a pretty psychological uh, type of warfare. But I mean, I'd be terrified. Here's the issue, though. Lefty has a logistical issue on his hands. Okay, because my bowling ball is marked. Yeah. Because he, wa- he wants en- you to know it's your ball when you see it in the ball engraved. return. It's engraved with the words Mother Tucker, and only I have that. And so the the police would easily be able to go, why do you have this bowling ball that's clearly not yours? It belongs to Tucker. He has witnesses. There's a paper trail from the bowler uh, or when he when he got when he won it in high school. And you know, lefty, then said, lefty is fucked. Lefty, lefty goes, officers, you know that my... Uh, my thief, my thief ring, of course, you know, bribes the police officers and they're like, well, yeah, exactly. We just wanted to let you know that this kid filed a police report and he goes, good, I'm going to break into his house again tonight and I'm going to shove him under the bed this time and I'm going to jump on the bed until he starts to cry. And at that point, I'm going to live stream it. So that everyone could see him cry. And that's at the at this is the point of when I'm watching the live stream at home and I go, no more. I can't stand this anymore. And I would go and break into your house that has just been broken into and lefty's jumping on the bed. And I'm gonna take lefty and I'm gonna go like, you messed up. 
And then I'm going to grab that lighter and that can of hairspray that I gave you for your birthday. And I'm going to, I'm going to burn a hole in his butt so that like when he runs away, you can see his butt cheeks flapping in the wind and we'll find out why they call him lefty. Cause he has a big birthmark on his left ass cheek. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us continue to produce new episodes each week, visit JJMeetsWorld.com, where you can donate to our Patreon, pick up some swag at the merch shop, or follow our link to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the sites the cool kids are using these days. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by visiting moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, check out linebenders.com where you can find direct contact info for JJ or booking information. (laughs) 